Bible prophecy foretells Israel will build her third temple and animal sacrifices will be resumed just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Before this takes place, Israel will need to sacrifice a red heifer, of which they now have several. On today's edition of the End Time Show, I will interview Byron Stinson, the guy who located the red heifers in Texas. It is possible we are watching a 2,500-year-old prophecy come to pass right now, so don't touch that dial. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on The End Time Show. Wow, have we got a program for you today. I've been wanting to do this interview for a very long time, and we finally got our schedule arranged, and we're able to make it happen. So uh, I've got a good friend joining me today, and I'm going to get to him in just a moment, but I want to make sure that um, you guys understand what's going on here. So really quickly, according to the prophecies of the Bible, Israel's going to build her third temple and animal sacrifices will be resumed just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And before this takes place, Israel's going to need to sacrifice a red heifer. It's very important. Which is different from the daily sacrifices. And they now have several of the red heifers. Now, Israel has searched for decades unsuccessfully for a red heifer that could come of age. However, there, over the last several months, there has been, an, or actually maybe almost a year or two, there's been a new endeavor between Jews and Texas ranchers that have produced several candidates. Now, with that said, I want to introduce you to a good friend of mine, Byron Stinson. He's the guy who located the red heifers in Texas and was instrumental in getting them to Israel. You may have seen him on the news, read about him in, uh, on a news source, but you know, it is possible that we are watching the fulfillment of a 2,500-year-old prophecy coming to pass right now. So without further ado, Byron Stinson, welcome to the End Time Show, my friend. Hello, my friend Dave Robbins. How are you, brother? You look great. Oh, thank you very much. It's the lighting in here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was those cows right behind oh, you. No, no, that, no, that could be. Uh, yeah. I, I, I wanted to give everybody an idea really what we're talking about here today. So, um, great job. Very, very important. But I do thank you for joining me. I know you're very busy. You spend a lot of, of the year in Israel. And you're fixing to go back here just in a short while, and you'll be spending all summer over there. And we will be there uh, May 17th through the 28th. And maybe, no, who knows, maybe we'll get a meet up over there. I don't know. I know we'll be meeting at some point uh, in the future, maybe over the next year or so over there, uh, if things turn out the yeah. way we hope they will. But what I wanted to do here, uh, Byron, now that we've got you on the phone with everybody listening, is I wanted to just ask you some questions about what's really going on over there. A lot of people read clips here and there in the news and, and some people are very informed, know what's going on, and some people are just novices. So what I wanted to do 
is I wanted to play the novice part. That way, some people um, just ask you basic questions. That way, somebody who's, because we're getting new listeners all the time, and this is going to go across the world over the next couple weeks. So, I wanted to play the novice and just ask some basic questions, and because you are in the know. I mean, from the time I've met you, you've really educated me on these things, and uh, the red heifer, I knew a, uh, a, a, some, of the, some of the biblical uh, perspectives of it and the biblical teachings, but there you have been dealing with the rabbis, and you know from a, uh, both from a, a Jewish standpoint, not necessarily just a biblical standpoint, but some of the things going on today. So I'm going to play the novice and let you educate me and our audience on this, and then, then we may get into some prophecy and, and all in, in my wheelhouse, and then we'll go from there, okay? Sounds great. All right, man. So, um, number one, for, because some people really don't have a clue what, what's the red heifer all about. Why is there so much talk in the news, on television, and on a lot of Christian network sites? What's the importance of the red heifer? Just give me a rundown of it. Well, let me give it to you from the perspective of the Jewish people. Yeah. What they understand is that uh, all humanity is impure, that death itself has swallowed us up, and that uh, the path back to God is to come back along God's path and come back to Him. Mm -hmm. So uh, what happened in the wilderness is whenever the tabernacle tent is built, you see that God commands, makes a command in Numbers 19, to bring a red, bring this red cow and do a ceremony outside of the, the uh, tabernacle tent and to burn it completely. And what it actually says is this completely pure red cow is for the forgiveness of sin. It's a sin offering uh, to the Lord. It's not like a, uh, like you said a few minutes ago, it's not a uh, sacrifice into the where you would eat it or that right. you would participate in it that way. Mm -hmm. It is completely burnt, 100% consumed yes. ceremony to uh, for forgiveness of sin. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, for, from what I understand, let me make sure I, I, I just get it here. So, if you've in front, back from Numbers 19. Uh, they had, because all mankind has been, um, they say if you come in contact with a dead body in any way, you've walked through a graveyard, you've been in a hospital, um, anything like that, that you had to have, you had to be purified by the ashes of this red heifer. And today the Jews consider everybody in Israel pretty much um, impure. And so they would not be able to start performing the sacrifices, the daily sacrifices, and the rituals in the temple until this red heifer sacrifice. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. Uh, until they have the, 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 the water mixed with the ashes yes. and everything else that goes into it, they can't purify themselves to the level to start those things. Exactly. So the, um, the importance of that from a prophetic standpoint would be that we know in the future the Bible prophesies there's going to be a temple rebuilt and they will resume sacrifices. So we know that Israel's going to get a red heifer. I, I told our audience uh, many times, I don't care what Israel has to do. Now this was before you come along. I said, I don't care what Israel has to do. I, I, even if they get to the point where they sign a peace agreement in the near future and get a builder a third temple, they're going to get a red heifer. I don't care if that's spray paint one. 
<laughs> and so I knew they were going to get one and that they had tried for years to get one, but I've been unsuccessful. But wow, what you guys are doing and have done over the last year or two has been really, I mean, it's just going right along with the prophecies of the Bible. So what we'll do, Byron, I'm coming up on a commercial here and then we'll join right back on the break. And when we come back from the break, I want to start from the beginning and just have you break down. How did you, what were you doing in Israel? How'd you get started in this project? And then how the cows ended up in Israel. And we'll break all that down. And then I've got a ton more questions and then we may take some calls and things later on. So uh, got a great program lined up for everybody. Don't move that dial. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again. He can't enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. Welcome back, everybody, and I'm with my good friend Byron Stinson, and he, if you, you don't know who he is by now, you will before this is over with. He is the guy who was working with the Temple Institute and different rabbis in, and in Israel and ended up finding, now Israel has tried for decades now to get a true qualified red heifer to perform the purification sacrifice for the uh, the impure Israelites, the people that are in the land now that are impure, that have been in contact with a dead body, uh, been in a walk, been to a hospital, been, walked by a graveyard, anything, then they, the rabbis basically considered everybody in Israel impure and they need a red heifer sacrifice just like they did in the Bible in order for them to start the sacrifices on the Temple Mount, which we know the Temple is going to be built here in the near future. So Byron was the guy that ended up get, finding red heifers here in Texas and getting them to Israel. So 
Uh, welcome back, Byron. Now, I want you to start from the beginning because a lot of people have a lot of gaps in the stories that they know about you. I've read a few little clips in magazines and things like that. I know the story because I heard you tell it over in Carrollton and some different places. But let's start from the beginning. What were you doing in Israel originally, and how in the world did an old Texas boy find the red heifer that Israel has been looking for for decades? They had a specific ranch that was created just to crossbreed cows to try to get a red heifer. They've been unsuccessful all these years, but somehow or another you get caught up in this project and end up finding, like when I saw you here in Carrollton, you had 21 of them, and I was shocked out of my mind so yeah. ha, ha, let's start from the beginning and, and walk us through that process. Well, if you're going to go all the way to the beginning, we'll go back to when I'm 13 years old and I'm reading the Bible. Yeah. And uh, Paul is beseeching us that he would give up his eternal soul for the Jewish fathers of faith. Mm -hmm. And I was reading that at 13 and I heard the Lord speak and say he was going to use me with Israel. Okay. 30 years later, I had an experience with my soon-to-be bride telling her, I'm 43 at that point, <laughs> saying I had this experience of hearing the Lord speak, and I'd never shared it with anyone up to that point. Okay. And uh, she said, that's going to happen, Byron. And sure enough, then that was in 1996. Mm -hmm. And after that, God started opening doors. And of course, we had a great heart to serve in Israel, to be part of what was happening there with the return of the Jewish people, which is a... Uh, physical thing that God did to help the world see for sure that God finishes what when he's what he says from the beginning he finishes at the end yes and we can see that in Israel returned and so we started being part of that and it was not by a uh, a plan that I had it was just simply following faith walk to the land and start door started opening mm -hmm. through that my wife and I were uh, able to start a foundation nonprofit in the United States called the Father's House Educational Foundation okay and the purpose of that was to take pastors to Israel pastors of churches that were 500 people and down mm -hmm. Pr probably in that group right there 500 uh, people in the church and down about 90 to 95 percent of those pastors never go to Israel right now every one of them would be a better pastor and every one of them would help their congregation and their congregation would help their community yeah. and the world would know more about what God's plan is if they went yeah. but it's just not important or it just hadn't been seen the value of it in my mind yeah so we started that the Lord gave us some money through some gas wells that were drilled on our property so we had seven gas wells my wife and I dedicated a hundred percent of that money into the father's house educational foundation mm -hmm. and we started taking pastors to church uh, Israel for educational trips and wow. doors just opened in many, many ways uh, to do projects there. We did a project of cleaning the Garden of Gethsemane for three and a half million that got completed. We did a project of building a tower at the Rocks of Gilgal, which is the first altar in the land. Mm -hmm. And we're still working on that, going to open that for tourists from all over the world to come and see those rocks that Joshua laid on the ground. Oh, wow. And uh, many more projects besides that. Yeah. So because of that, we wound up with lots of uh, Jewish friends that appreciated the work we were doing and became, we love them and they love us. And uh, so I got a call from one of those rabbis that I dearly loved. His name is Itzhak Mamo. Okay. And uh, Rabbi Mamo said, Byron, we've talked it over here and we feel like 
that uh, we're never going to get a red heifer here in Israel, that we need to reach out further, probably into Texas. We do see that uh, there is so many people in Texas that love us here in Israel yeah. that it's got to be part of one of the lost tribes of Israel. <laughs> and so we're speaking to you. Yeah. Yeah, because Numbers 19 says speak to Israel right. and tell Israel to bring a red heifer. Right. So we think you can find one. Would you mind trying to find one red heifer? So I said, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always try to say yes yeah. if I can. And you, and but so, you had nothing. You're not a rancher yourself. You had nothing to do with cattle, right? Well, I have a small ranch and I have some cows on it, but I actually have a gentleman that runs his cattle and I've been around livestock shows and okay. I, you know, I live out in the country in Texas, I so yeah. I know a little about cattle. Then you, then you know about cattle then. If you <laughs> A little, yeah. a little, but I, I'm a businessman. I own yeah. two businesses and I have a technology staff and I have some people that are really sharp, bright that work with yeah. me. And so I reached out to them. We put together some, uh, we actually uh, sent bots out there to look all over the internet, find, well, first we did the research to make sure which cows are the reddest that we could find in Texas and yeah. kind of sent it in on the Red Angus and on the Santa Gertrudis and some of the mixed breeds. Yeah. And we went and found those ranchers' uh, addresses, phone numbers, information we could on them. We sent out text uh, to uh, ranchers all over. We sent out uh, emails to them, and then we followed up with hard mail into their, uh, right into their mailbox. Oh, wow. And that's when we really started getting some people interested in, in speaking to us, and, and uh, we're able to start moving forward. Yeah. Well, so th when I heard about you, um, you, a friend of ours, a, a, a mutual friend, Lewis Coomer, was yes. at a, he contacted me, he's a, he's a partner of our ministry, and he said, hey, you guys have talked about a red heifer. My, my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, was talking about red heifers decades ago, and he was saying, Israel's going to get a red heifer. Israel real, originally had a red heifer named Melody, and of course she developed red and black hairs, and then they had several a few years ago, and he, he, we had a friend of ours, his name was Clyde Lott, over here in Mississippi, and the rabbis in Israel was working with him for years, but they never could get a true red heifer up to age. And so yeah. then when Lewis Coomer told me, he said, hey, I know a guy who's got some red heifers and he's going to show one of them over here in Carrollton, Texas. And I said, what? You know, I was skeptical because I thought they've been trying for years to get one of these. He said, you need to go see it. So myself and some other partners of ours and friends of ours, we went over to Carrollton and that's the first time I met you was over here in Carrollton, Texas. Yeah. And that's when I asked you a few, few questions and talked to um, one of the rabbis via Zoom because they had flown back to Israel. And I thought, man, that, that cow sure looks red to me. You know, I mean, I didn't inspect the thing totally, but I know from the prophecies of the Bible that this thing's going to happen. And... Then when you brought that red heifer up there and it had been rabbi approved, I thought, now hold on a minute. I know it's about time for all this stuff to happen. And then you guys show up and say, hey, we've got one of these, but we're going to show one in Carrollton, but we've got a bunch of them. I thought, oh man, you know, I, 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 is this too good to be true? And then having talked to you and find out what's going on. Well, then the next time I met you was down here in Rockwall. What was the rancher's name that we went down in Rockwall and met at? 
Yeah, we met at Tide Davenport's Ranch. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, and uh, he, you know, his story is so wonderful because he, uh, in the 1990s, he started his herd, and he loved Numbers 19. He's a Bible scholar, mm-hmm. and uh, Ty wanted to raise the reddest cows he could, so he got the reddest cows, he got the reddest bulls, and <laughs> he started his. He started it because yeah, he, he had a, loved he had a that. red dog when I went out there. Yeah. I'm like, man, what's in your water out here? This is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, Ty's but, incredible, man. I just love the guy, and uh, I mean, just yeah, he was know, a he was a fabulous guy. And well, the yeah. thing is, you called and you we talked, and you said, hey, I've got 21, and this is my father-in-law is probably shouting somewhere because he <laughs> talked about this for years, but yeah. you called and said, hey, I've got 21 of these things. You want to meet down here in Rockwall. So a friend of mine, Marvin Blakey, we got in his truck. We went down there. We met you down there. And I took pictures of the 21 that you had. Now, that was when they were doing blood testing and things like that. Wasn't that right? When the rabbis met you there and everything was getting ready to go to Israel at that point. Yes, that's right. And uh, you came out and got to see those. Of course, we would like to have sent... You know, when they when they approached me about finding the red heifer, they actually asked me to find a red heifer. Yeah. But I thought, you know, if I can find one, then I can probably find seven. Right. So in my mind, I'm not stopping unless I can get seven. Now, the mm-hmm. big task, the big problem with finding them, one, it, it's almost impossible to find one that's pure red. That Almost all of them have black or or white. Even if it might be black or might be white, it part of the hair, then yeah. it's no good. It has to be red all the way. Pure. Yeah, pure red. So it's hard. But then what makes it even harder is every uh, calf, when it's born, it's tagged within a week. Yeah. And so that's a blemish. And if you uh, now, some people don't understand what a blemish is. A blemish is like a scar that won't heal. Okay. So you could give them a shot that's not going to cause a scar, and that's okay. So we had to, you know, do blood testing, like that. Now, one of the big hurdles we had was uh, to be able to ship them. We had to have them uh, where you could identify each cow individually. Yeah. And, and so uh, we were able to talk with the uh, Temple Mountain Institute, other rabbis in Israel, and uh, able to get it okay to put a little small microchip in with a needle like giving a blood test okay. in right behind the ear. And so with that, you can read it with yeah. an RFID chip. And you can read and uh, identify the cow that way. So that's what we wound up using. Okay. So the the uh, my, my next question was what is, what is a qualified red heifer? So it's a it's a true red heifer that is um, has not with no blemishes, a big old scar that won't heal, and then no not not one white hair, not one black hair. I mean, it would disqualify the whole thing. Not necessarily. Okay. It, okay. It can't have two white hairs right together or three. It can't have two black hairs or black hairs right together. Yeah. But if it has one individual white hair here and another one over here, maybe a third one, but they're not together causing okay. a, a spot. Yeah. It's, it's really a spot. That's what you're okay. looking for. No okay. spot or no blemish. Okay. So one white hair or one black hair singular is not a spot. Okay. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. So that's a new piece of information I didn't know about. So that's neat because I thought it was like one white hair or one black hair. They had to be crossed. I mean, I've read so much you can't even imagine on this stuff. 
And some people have said, well, if they've got two hairs that cross each other, it's disqualified. But you're saying that's not the case. Not necessarily. Okay. You know, of course, what we'll do each time, and we've been doing it with the cows that we finally were able to arrive there in Israel, yeah. is get them reinspected on a regular basis by rabbis. Yeah. And we do actually have one of them that we ship. Uh, we ship the five best. And the reason we only ship five, one, financially, it was really expensive to send them over there. But that really wasn't the hurdle. The hurdle was that uh, there is an embargo about shipping livestock from the United States into Israel. Okay. Fortunately, there's not an embargo on shipping pets, but you have a maximum of five. Oh, wow. So we have five pet red heifers in Israel right now. <laughs> there's somebody's pet, huh? <laughs> yeah, there are pets. Wow. Yeah. I, well, I, see, I didn't know that. I didn't realize there was an embargo on shipping cattle and different livestock into Israel right now. So that's yeah. why. Wow. I, yeah. I thought it may have been something with the government not wanting you, not wanting there to be some kind of a religious revival. And no, you don't. We don't want red heifers here. And they were trying to shut you down. But that's not it at all. There might have been a little bit of that from individual. Yeah. But as far as the rules, what happened was. We, uh, they can import livestock out of Europe into Israel, but we couldn't make them European cattle because right. uh, UK wouldn't take them because of fear of mad cow, mad cow disease. Yeah. Uh, Europe wouldn't take them because of probably ranchers that didn't want the competition. I don't. They, they wouldn't allow it either. Mm -hmm. uh, Fort was over. The only way we could get them there would be a direct flight, which there weren't any from Texas. So we had to ship them to New York City over ground, yeah. which was very expensive. Housed them there until the temperature at Ben Gurion, the temperature had to be below or at 88 degrees or below. Her. And so it was in the middle of summer. So we had uh, some time when we had to just house them and wait. Even after we found the way to get them in, we couldn't take them because of the temperatures for quite a while. Yeah. Wow, man, so there, there are quite a few hurdles to jump at that point. There was a lot. Yeah, so um, you, you had all these cattle, 21, and then you dropped down to five. You got them to New York, got them to Europe finally, then got them down in Israel. So, no. With the, yeah, no. No, we went direct, a direct flight from Tel Aviv okay. straight to Tel Aviv. I'm excuse me from JFK. Okay, to okay, I got you. Yeah. Well, that's another thing that wasn't talked about in the news. You went straight from New York. You didn't have to go through Europe. Okay, so I understand that. Right. Very cool. Yeah. Um, now I I don't want to cut this next section in half because I what we're going to do. I'm coming up to another commercial here at the bottom of the hour. But when we get back, uh, something very awesome happened last September. That's when the cows showed up. And um, we'll, we'll talk about when we get back from the break, who was there to meet you, what happened, uh, you know, pomp and circumstance. You all give a speech and then uh, we're going to move down through the, because this, I, I thought we were going to go a lot faster than this, but there's so much more information. I didn't know. I thought I had the grip on this thing, but um, we'll go into something and we'll start moving through these questions pretty quick here because I've got a whole, okay. I've got enough for two or three days of, of things but anyway we'll do it when we get back on the other side of the break around the world in his final work revelation the unveiling of jesus christ part two the late irvin baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before 
These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Welcome back, everybody, and I'm joined by my good friend Byron Stinson. He was the one, the, the Texas rancher who found the red heifers that finally made it to Israel, and we've talked about it many times, but wow, is he filling in a lot of gaps for me. So I've got a lot more questions, but we're going to go get straight back with Byron. Um, so last September, the cows make it to, finally make it to Israel. The rabbis met you there, they gave speeches, and you gave a speech, and it was awesome. Lots of pomp and circumstance because they understand um, the gravity of the situation here. And so where are the heifers now? Let me ask you that. So the heifers right now, they're in an undisclosed location, but I will tell you that it's in the area of the very first altar that God ordained to be within the land of Israel next to the Jordan River at mm -hmm. the location called Gilgal. So okay. they're close to Gilgal. Okay. So, I mean, everybody can understand why they would be in an undisclosed location because you don't, you know, uh, you don't want people out there trying to see them or maybe, you know, trying to kind of botch the situation up a little bit. So really don't want that. So uh, surely everybody, I, when I would, so La and it was last September when they arrived. I was going to arrive in Israel the day after they arrived. And I thought, man, maybe, I, maybe my good friend will let us take our group by and let us see him. But then they went into a nine-day quarantine and nobody was going to get to see him. So, I, I mean, I totally understand that. Our whole group understood it. But maybe at some point in the near future, uh, we could take our tour group by and let them see him. But that you, now, um, you guys are... You're getting ready to uh, um, build a shelter. You're building a, like a sightseeing deal for people to come by and see them. Isn't that right? So there's an area that's the second altar that God ordained in the land, and it's at Shiloh. We okay. call it Shiloh. That's where the tabernacle tent stood for 370 years. Okay. So we want more people to go there, the government, and uh, we want people to go and see where, the, where that altar was. Yeah. So we've worked with rabbis, and we're going to open a visitor center. That'll be the cows will be protected. People yeah. will be protected to go there, and they'll be able to experience that, see, hear the education, and understand what that's about. Okay. Wow, very good. 
Um, I look forward to going there. Never been there yet. I've been to Israel, I don't know how many times, but I've never been there. So I look forward to going there and checking that out. And uh, maybe we can meet up sometime and go there together. That'd be awesome. We um, absolutely can. I want to. That'd be great. So the question of age, how old do the heifers have to be? Because I know it's like into the third year or something like that. How old do the heifers have to be to be qualified um, to, be, to be qualified for the sacrifice? And how old are they now? So you got to look at it like this. It's like, for instance, on the Shabbat, mm -hmm. the Jewish people want to make so certain that they don't go into the Shabbat, that they start the Shabbat about an hour and a half, two hours early, and they end it about an hour and a half and two hours late. Okay. So the red heifer is kind of the same thing. They've got to be, have finished two years of life. When you're in your first year of life, you're not considered one. When you get to your second year of life, you're called one the entire time. Okay. And then when you get to your third year, you're two. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so these it. cows have to be in their third year of life, right. and they're going to have to be at least a month or more past that just to make sure there's no question about them being old enough. And that okay. makes them ready at that, that age. So how far are we from that happening? Are we a year from out, a year ahead of before that, or um, so? My, my right question, yeah, go ahead. Right after this, these fall feasts this year, uh -huh. they will turn two. Okay. But they won't be. We won't use them at that time because they need to be a little older. Okay. The next major sacrifice, the next major feast of God, is the perfect one. It is Passover. Mm -hmm. And everything about this is about forgiveness of sin, and that's what the Passover is about, mm -hmm. which we're about to celebrate Easter. Right. So with this uh, taping right now, we are sitting about one year old, one year out. Okay. From where this could happen. About one year out. So that the question of when will the purification sacrifice take place? We're looking right now. If now this is if they stay red. That's if, right. If they stay a viable candidate. Um, it would the the purification sacrifice would take place about a year from now, close to Passover. And there's a little bit more to it. You know, okay. there has to be a willingness upon, um, amongst the people of Israel that they want this too. Okay. Because you have to have government okay. Some of these sites, some of these things have to be okay. Yeah. So those things are up in the air, too, at the same time during this year. Uh, so we'll all have to watch and see what God has planned for this year. It'll be by His planning. Right. We don't know it for yeah. sure, but so, yeah. if, if everything goes right, one, it could happen in one year. Okay. Wow. So, I mean, uh, does, did everybody hear what he just said? <laughs> I mean, that is that the gravity of the situation here and the purification sacrifice of the red heifer possibly happening in one year, that is, prophetically speaking, that, you know, that sets a chain of events in action because then can you imagine if the government approves that, which right now Netanyahu has the most right-wing religious government that Israel's had since 1948. And so if they were to approve this and, and every, everything, because yeah, I mean, it's almost like the stars have to align just right for all this stuff to happen. But if you guys were able to do that, can you imagine the pressure from the religious 
sect that would come on the Israeli government to get them to capitulate, sign a peace agreement, build the third temple, and allow them to start sacrificing what the Jews believe would be the atonement for sin. Uh, it, that would be huge. I mean, and, and it, that's yeah. very prophetic. We know the prophecies say there is going to be a third temple. That sacrifices will resume because the Antichrist will cause the sacrifices to cease at some point in the near future. And you can't cause them to cease if they haven't been started to begin with. So we know all this stuff's coming. Uh, so, wow, I, man, I, just, I feel like we're staring at the fulfillment of prophecy right in our face. And it's just awesome. Oh, we are. Um, so it has been a while since Israel has sacrificed a red heifer, hadn't it? Uh, yeah, it's been 2,000 years yeah. at least. And uh, actually Maimonides, uh, who is a Jewish philosopher that mm -hmm. wrote, I think in like 1000 AD, that there had been nine red heifers in all of history, that when the 10th came, then the Messiah would come too at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, it looks like maybe his prophecy is going to be very accurate, is what I think. Man, so that would be awesome. Uh, and so, like I said, Israel, a lot of people think, well, this is just out of sight, out of mind. Nobody cares about this red heifer, but that's not true. When Israel came back, especially in 67, when they took the Temple Mount back in the Six Days War, they thought, well, hey, here it is. I mean, the Temple Mount's in our hands. The Third Temple is going to be built. God's going to supply the red heifer. But it hasn't worked out like that. But now it seems like things are coming into play because if I look at it from a prophetic perspective, all of the prophecies that are supposed to be happening right now are converging at the same time. And now you guys get not just one red heifer, but several of them. Let me ask you a question real quick. Do you guys still have, in, in case these are not, let's say all four of the, the because one of them has become um, inviable, isn't that correct? Yes, that's right. So you still have four of them, but let's say all four of them get a patch of white hair on them. Do you still have more back here in the States where we could start the process over? So the answer is absolutely. Uh, we found 20. And yeah. uh, let, me, let me just say this, that on Ty Davenport's ranch, just that one ranch, yeah. we inspected the mothers that were up to four and five years old. And that is how we said this is the right calves Man. to bring because at four years old, some yeah. of them were still 100% red. Wow. So it can happen. <laughs> it will happen. It's, um, that, that's just amazing so, to me because my, when my father-in-law was talking about this, back when I was still out building houses years ago, we talked about these red heifers and I thought, I didn't have a clue what it was all about at that point. And he was saying, hey, you know, they're, they're, I got a friend, Clyde Lott. He was a pastor friend of his in Mississippi and he thinks he can be able to, they're crossbreeding and trying to get a red heifer. It never did come to fruition. But now you found all of these right down here in Rockwell, Texas. Texas it's about probably a 20 minute drive from my studio here. And so what an amazing thing. And then, uh, and to me, Byron, I think it is kind of a miraculous thing that you and I became friends because I'm a prophecy teacher and you're the guy who's over this whole Red Heifer project. I mean, it's now amazing. And, and I want everybody to know Byron has been very helpful to me in educating me and what's, what's coming and helping me keep up to date with what's going on with everything in Israel that's going on with these red heifers and some of the different sites. So he's a wealth of information and uh, I would encourage you, give me your uh, website really quick where people can contact you about all this stuff. Uh, what's the name of that again? 
Let me give you two. Okay. For myself personally, if you want me, it's just my name, Byron, B-Y-R-O-N, Stinson, S-T-I-N-S-O-N, dot me. And I have a contact link. You can get hold of me okay. through that. And then we have the uh, nonprofit work, which is Bonet, B-O-N-E-H, mm -hmm. Israel.com, which means build up Israel. It's construction, mm -hmm. build up. So Bonet Israel is the website to see and to uh, make a donation to help us uh, take care of these cows mm -hmm. and be part of what God is doing sure. to quicken and hasten the coming of our uh, hope, which is the Messiah. Sure. Um, the next question I had, where, <clears throat> where will the purification, let's say they get up to, um, you know, into the third year, what, after two years and one month, and then um, they're red, where will the purification sacrifice take place? Is, is, will it be up on the Temple Mount, or what's the, the physical location that that will take place? It has to take place at a very specific spot. It's on the on the Mount of Olives, directly across from where the temple would stand. Okay. It has to be at the elevation and east, due east. Okay. What's amazing is uh, my friend Rabbi Itzhak Mamo was given the opportunity to purchase the perfect spot 12 years ago. Wow. And because I was his friend, I was involved in that, and. So it became his property. So we have the exact place. Much more important is you have to have some uh, young rabbis that have never been around death. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that actually do the ceremony. So the Jews are so prepared. They had these uh, Kohanim born at home in upper rooms so that they wouldn't be close to death and they've stayed protected from death, no hospitals, no cemeteries, and prepared how to uh, do the ceremony. And now there's five of those young men that are prepared to do the ceremony, and that's, uh, they're from the age of 14 to about 18 ready to do this. So the priests are, now I want to make sure everybody gets this, these guys have been kept at a certain elevation, isn't that right? That where they wouldn't, they, they haven't come in contact with death for their entire life. The parents That's have right. raised them to be a certain sect of priests and these guys are qualified and trained, ready for the purification sacrifice. Should you guys get to do it next year or just in the very near future, they're already ready to go. Yes, yeah, they have to be. And it's nine arm lengths. So this is an arm length. So yeah. they have to be nine arm lengths above the, any death, any bones, anything wow. like that. And so their whole life, their parents have raised them for this certain, just to be ready to yes. go and to be trained and everything. And so, yes. wow, that's a, now, now you talk about commitment. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're coming up to a break. We'll be right back in just a moment. But wow, everybody, is this not a wealth of information? Thank you all for joining us. We'll be right back with a lot more questions for Byron Stinson. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Welcome back, everybody. Man, our time is flying, Byron. I wish we had two or three hours here that we could go. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm just going to fire the questions at you really quick here. How many red heifers have there been, according to Jewish tradition? Nine. So there have been nine. So this one coming up would be the tenth red heifer. Yes. Okay. Um, and so the who will be invited to the purification sacrifice. In other words, is it going to be a private ceremony? Will, will there be press there? I mean, are you and I going to be invited? I mean, how's all that going to work? Is that going to be, I, I just don't know. At this moment, I formally invite everybody that'll come from the whole world, please come. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. So I'm planning on being there because I've heard this yeah. stuff for my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter talked about this when I, I mean, 25 years ago, he was talking about the red heifers and this is going to come, they're going to build the temple. And I was out in construction at that point. I didn't work at end time, didn't really care. And I just heard him talking about it. Well, now that I do what I do and God's called me into this and wow, I, I can only, it's just going to be unbelievable. I mean, I, I want to be there when that, the red heifer sacrificed. I want to be there when the temple's built. I mean, I want to be there for it all. But I can't live there because I got a job back here. But um, I know the Jerusalem Prophecy College uh, that we have downtown is there. And I, man, it's just going to be awesome. I'm so happy uh, to be a good friend of yours. And that's going to be awesome before Me. this is all over with. Um, uh, so according to Jewish tradition, does this sacrifice guarantee that the temple will be built soon. So if they, if they build this, does that mean within a year the temple is going to be built or how, how, what's the answer to that? No, the answer to that is the, ash, the last ashes of the ninth heifer, they lasted about a thousand years. Okay. Uh, they can be renewed, renewed, renewed. So okay. there is no guarantee that that's going to happen. However, yeah. I think what will happen is the urgency will hit the world that it's time to have that. Now, here's the thing. As of today, mm -hmm. the only people that are allowed to pray on the Temple Mountain of God are Muslims. Mm -hmm. And I love the Muslims praying there, and they should continue to get to pray there. That's only right. But so should everyone in the whole world. And right. the temple, we have to realize, is not a Jewish temple alone. It is a, it is a house of prayer for, for all, all nations. nations. That's right. what Solomon called it. Yeah. And that's what our Jewish fathers want to build. They want Gentiles from everywhere. We've already contacted governments in Papua New Guinea and uh, over the Philippines and many, many nations all over the world are already planning on coming. Mm -hmm. And I, I, but the first step I think that's really going to be so powerful is if we can come together and say, look, it's time to have security on the Temple Mountain yeah. and say, everyone, as long as they're peaceful, as long as they're not causing trouble with anyone else, 
to be welcome to come and pray and love each other on yeah. God's Temple Mountain. Yeah. I just think that's only right. And I think the time is here and it's going to start breaking a spiritual battle, a yeah. barrier yeah. that will help the whole world come together more. I know people say it's going to cause World War Three. <laughs> And we will get to that, and I know we can talk about that. Right. But first, we need to open up that Temple Mountain for everyone to come and pray. Yeah. Um, so I know, with prophetically speaking, that uh, there's going to be a peace agreement signed in the future. I don't know if it's before or after uh, World War III. The Bible doesn't tell us which one. But there's going to be a peace agreement signed in the near future that will allow Israel to build her third temple. Now, I, I can prove all this scripturally. We've never had time to get in depth with this. That's why I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee sometime. We get off into that because we won't have time to today. But there's going to be a temple, uh, there's going to be a peace agreement in the near future. The temple's going to be rebuilt. They're going to re resume sacrifices like they did in the Old Testament. Halfway through, it's going to start a final seven-year period. Halfway through that, the Antichrist is going to come on the scene uh, he's going to usurp authority over a world governing body and he's going to cause the sacrifices to cease because the Bible says that he will um, cause the, he will call, uh, that he will have, make the abomination of, that makes it desolate. He's going to stand in a rebuilt Jewish temple and proclaim to be God himself and cause the sacrifices to cease. And at that point, he said, let them which be in Judea flee. Well, Judea is, Judea, Samaria, that's the modern day West Bank. I call it Judea, um, but that's what's going to happen in the near future. Now, I don't know, um, you know, for sure when that's going to happen, but I can prove scripturally that that will happen. And we'll, you know, again, we can talk about the prophecy, prophecy portion here in just a moment, but I do know that what you guys are doing is prophetic because Israel will have to have that red heifer. And when you come up with, 21 of them, I was shocked out of my mind. I couldn't believe it. When I, when I drove down through there, like you said, Ty Davenport had red horses. He had red cows. He ha and I'm not kidding, everybody. He had a red dog running around. And when I got there, I said, man, Ty, what do you have in your water? This is unbelievable. It, everything was red. I didn't see a black horse or anything. Everything was red. And so um, it was amazing. But, I can tell you that there's nothing more important to Ty Davenport than the blood of Jesus Christ. Right, and everything's right. red because of that. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, so, yeah, it's really amazing. And, it, you know, just like all the prophecies are lining up perfectly here. But I, one of the things I wanted to cover before we end, and then I'll give you time to, to um, get to tell about your, the, the fundraiser that you're doing. But um, another question I had was, and people need to know about this here, you know, that are Christians. As a Christian, we don't believe, we don't believe that we need an animal sacrifice for the atonement for sin. And I know that you don't believe that as well. But I want you to answer because a lot of people have had this question. And I know it's not about the money for you. So what in, I want you to explain to people what's your main purpose for helping the Jews locate this red heifer. Uh, and I want people to understand straight up, I know Byron and it's not money. So what's your main purpose in all of this? So the main purpose in all of this is that the world needs to understand God is both physical and he's spiritual. Mm -hmm. And Jesus told us the time will come. You're going to worship me in spirit and truth. And so the truth of the land, it was so important for the Jewish people to come back because that's something physical that happened. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's so important that the Jewish laws were kept and, and the, 
by the Jewish fathers of our faith because they've kept those things for us to understand at this time. So this red heifer, it, to me, is like a clarion call from the Lord himself to say, it's time to wake up to the physical as well as the spiritual because they're going to join together. Mm -hmm. And when they do, God is going to be exalted above all things. That is, that is the purpose of all Scripture is to give honor and glory to our Father. Sure. Uh, so I'm not worried that Antichrist is going to come at three and a half years in because what I also read is he'll be defeated Right. three and a half years later. Right, absolutely. <clears throat> and if we don't have him come, then we he won't be identified. Right. He has to be identified. And that's why he has to come. Yep. And then, yes, there he's going to say, you have to flee. You have to run because I'm so powerful. And I, But listen, God has called his people. Right. And he is going to call those are his, and he's going to protect them. And he's going to open the temple mountain for the temple to give uh, offerings to the whole world and teach for a thousand years for the seventh day. Mm -hmm. You see, we're in the sixth day for God. One day is a thousand years and we're in the, we're in, we, it's in, in the sixth day right now. Right. And when that day is over, then the seventh day of peace, the, sh the Shabbat mm -hmm. is going to start for us all. Right. So it's time to understand those things and, and understand the feast and how all of that works together. And God is being perfect with everything he's doing. This has to be done. It's in his law. It's commanded. And Jesus did not come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill every single law. And this red heifer is one of the laws. Mm -hmm. and Jesus didn't mess up on this. Right, right. It's going to wake up everyone. Yeah. So that really... Uh, partially answers my next question was, why should Christians be excited about the discovery of the red heifer? Really for me is because for what you just said, but beyond that is that I know prophecy tells us there's going to be a peace agreement that starts the final seven years. The temple's going to be rebuilt. The um, sacrifice is going to be resumed. The Antichrist, I mean, it sets the chains of events I mean, now, I don't know when the peace agreement's going to be signed that starts the final seven years to the second coming in the Battle of Armageddon. I don't know when that's going to be signed. It looks like with all the prophecies converging at the same time that that will happen very soon. Uh, but I don't know. But I know, what I do know is that the, the red heifer, they, that Israel had to get a red heifer at some point to be able to resume the sacrifices and to... You know, I mean, what's the point in them building a temple if they can't resume the sacrifice? Yeah. And so it's very poignant. And when I, you go to the, the Temple Institute today, the, the rabbis that you're working with and different things, they say that the red heifer, everything turns on that red heifer. And that there, we can't, it, you know, we got to have the red heifer before we build the temple and before we resume sacrifices. So uh, I just went there and read it this morning to make sure um, that they still had that on their website. But it's right there. It's a big portion, red heifer. So very important yeah. that people understand the gravity of the situation and I and thank you you filled in so many gaps uh, for us today and I look forward in the near future uh, to either going with you or to at least going up when they get that um, you know the, the the tourist attraction built that people can go up there and see that and understand really uh, what's going on but I've, I've got a few minutes left here a couple minutes but I wanted to give you time uh, to you have a, 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 a like a fundraiser that you wanted to talk about a, a, a personal something with a rabbi. So if you would explain that real quick. 
Yeah, so uh, the president, the leader of all of this, his name is Rabbi Itzhak Mamo. Mm -hmm. And so we just did a fundraiser. We were able to raise about $12,000. It helped a lot. But these animals are very expensive to transport, to care for. And and we're not rich. Uh, I, I my wife and I have personally put a couple hundred thousand dollars into helping do all of this, mm -hmm. but uh, we really need some help. And so he said, anyone. I told him I'm doing the live interview. He said, if anybody would like to meet him personally, would like to have a phone conversation with him, mm -hmm. that he would love them to do that. Uh, he is going to tell them, I need about $15,000 right now to help move these cows into Shiloh and mm -hmm. make these things happen. So if anybody would like to have a personal conversation with my good friend, Rabbi Isak Mamo, you feel mm -hmm. it in your spirit, God's calling you, contact me at uh, my email, Stinson at gmail.com mm -hmm. and I'll connect you. I'll, I'll put you personally in connection with him. Okay. One other thing, there's no coincidence in any of this. You know, you mentioned earlier that Lewis Coomer was the connection between you and me, Dave, and we yeah. became friends through Lewis. Yeah. Lewis and I were on the board of directors for the Promise and Glenrose for uh, many, many years, and that's why we became friends. Mm -hmm. But I really think it was so that I would connect to you. Yeah. And so that today we'd be here having this interview because God yeah. knows he sees it all. He knows every hair. Absolutely. Yeah, he's there. Yeah. And I will tell you, <clears throat> I was up and talked to Mondo De La Vega, which is the adopted son of uh, Jim Baker. And I told him all about you guys and what you're doing and everything. They're very interested in that. So uh, maybe we can make that connection before uh, maybe in the near future, and I'll, I'll we'll have we'll I'll have to keep going back and forth with them because they got all kinds of stuff going on. But um, sure. who knows where all of this will lead to? But uh, uh, hey, thank thank you, Lewis Coomer. Yes, I know you'll probably watch this at some yeah. point, but for the connection because I want to be involved in what's going on. I want to keep our audience involved. But with that said, man, I'm out of time today. Uh, Byron Stinson, thank you so much. Everybody, remember. Uh, go back and watch the video again. You can go to endtime.com if you need to get in contact with Byron. You have more questions. You want to get involved somehow. Uh, but thank you again, my good friend. And um, God bless you. And hopefully we'll see you in Israel sometime very soon.